Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and I happen to be the lead pastor here, and it is a great joy to be able to come together uh, in online church to worship with you and to celebrate what God is continuing to do in and through us, the church, uh, while we are able to, to make a difference in the world around us, in a world that is so desperate for Jesus Christ. If you're new here, we're excited that you're with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming and spending some of your time with us uh, in online church. Our hope is that in us, you will find a group of folks who realize that we're not perfect, uh, but we know the one who is, and, and we want to be more like him, and that's Jesus Christ. And so we invite you to come along with us on a spiritual journey where we grow in relationship with God, in relationship with one another, in relationship with the world that God has called us to be in ministry to and make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. Uh, with that, uh, I... I if you are new here, do me a favor and just give a shout out in chat. We're, we're excited to have you with us. We hope that you would um, see us as, as this group of folks that, that you can be friendly with and have a good time hanging out and visiting with and growing in your faith with. Uh, we've been on this, we're, we're starting a brand new sermon series actually called, What Would Jesus undo? What would Jesus undo? And my, my guess is that maybe you remember in the early 2000s, the what would Jesus do bracelets. Um, there was this, this movement in, in the early 2000s called what would Jesus do? And there were bumper stickers and there were bracelets. And this, this uh, student actually, uh, student ministry decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to take this idea and we're going to put it on everything. And they, the marketing went crazy and, and everybody had it. You had stuff from the, the really inexpensive ones that, that we would hand out at youth group. Uh, or you, you could get like the nice leather ones to let, Jesus, let people know that you really cared what Jesus thought, uh, that you would really do what Jesus would do. And, and uh, even the rubber ones that you could just put on, that, you know, kids would wear like 30 and 40 of those little bracelets all the time. And it was just a, a movement that what's interesting is that this movement was actually not thought of uh, back then in the 2000s. It wasn't just this new idea. It was based on a book from a guy named Charles Sheldon. Uh, Charles Sheldon wrote this book in 1896. It was called In His Steps, and it sold over 50 million copies. It was a bestseller uh, at the time, and the subtext was, what would Jesus do? And the idea was, what would Jesus do to make a difference in, you know, in, in every decision that you're doing? How can you be following Jesus' footsteps? And, and so we wanted to take that idea and say, what would Jesus undo? What is it in our lives, in the life of the church, and in the life of, of our world that Jesus would change? If we were physically Jesus' disciples, if Jesus was still here and had called us to follow him directly, what would he see in our lives that he would want to change. And I wanted to start and say, hey, when we're going through this, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to us because some of the things that we're going to talk about are going to impact me more than they're going to impact you. And I need to take note of those things. Um, but my hope is that we can come together and, and recognize what Jesus would want to undo in us so that we can really be Jesus' disciples. Because whether he calls us in the flesh or not, Jesus is calling us to be disciples of his, to, to live a life transformed by his presence and his love 
and His grace. And so we wanted to start off by, I, I wanted to start by asking this question. Have you, ever, uh, have you ever spent a lot of time on a gift for somebody? Have you ever thought about, you know, like, and I'm not meaning like that, that one time when you were driving over to mom and dad's house for like that first Christmas that you lived away from home and, and you, you had to pull over at the convenience store to buy something so that you could give them a present because you completely forgot. Uh, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about where you took a little bit of time spent some effort, spent some money to try and get a gift that would make a difference for somebody. For me, I remember I was in seventh grade, uh, and I was, I was dating this girl. Uh, we had met in choir, and she was out of my league, but for some reason, she liked me. Uh, and so uh, we had been going out for a little bit of time, and you know, Christmas was coming, and I wanted to let her know that I really cared about her. I wanted to let her know, really, please don't leave. Um, so I'm going to get you something special so you know that you are important to me. And so we, you know, back in the 80s, one of the things we would do uh, is we would go to the mall. So all of these 80s movies that are coming out now, that movies that are talking about life in the 80s, everybody's at the mall. It's because it's true. We were always at the mall. And so we had been at the mall because the movie theater was attached to the mall. The food court was there. You could just have a whole encompassing date uh, at the mall. And so we had been there uh, and we had gone to this kiosk. And this kiosk had these little crystal figurines. And, and she spent some time looking at this. It was, it was a crystal mouse. And so I, I, in my head, I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do for her for Christmas is I'm going to get her that crystal mouse that she paid attention to because I was paying attention and I noticed that she was paying attention to it. So I got my dad. I was like, hey, dad, can you take me to go and buy this crystal mouse? And my dad was like, whatever. If you want to get her a crystal mouse, that's on you. So we go to the mall and, and I go to the kiosk store and I had, I had saved up $40. Now, for me, my income in seventh grade was solely from mowing the grass, edging, and weeding. I would get $10 a week to do this. And so I had $40 saved up. And in December, there's not a lot of mowing, edging, and weeding. So there's not a lot of stuff I'm able to do. And so I had $40 saved up. And what I said to myself was, you know what? I will spend all of this to let her know she's special. And so we went there, and, and the crystal mouse was like 36 bucks. So my dad had to give me some money so I could cover the taxes on it. And, 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 and he did, thank goodness. Otherwise, it would have been a, a lot less impressive uh, gift. And so uh, we took it home and I had the crystal mouse in a little crystal mouse box with a little crystal mouse wrapping paper. And I took it over to her house. Actually, when I say I took it over to her house, my dad gave me a ride to her house. And so I go up to the door, you know, I knock on the door and there she comes to the door and she's like, hey. And I was like, hey, I wanted to give you a Christmas present. So I gave it to her. You know, I'm filled with enthusiasm. Hey, I just gave this gift that's going to make such a difference. And she opens it, wrapping paper, box, out comes the crystal mouse. And she just stares at it for a moment. And it's at this point that my heart starts to, uh, to not feel so comfortable. And she looks at it and she looks at me and she goes, why did you give me this? And, and I was like, well, you know, you looked at it in the mall. You, you seemed like you liked it. And she was like, I was looking at it because I was like, why would people buy a crystal mouse? And in my mind and in my heart, everything just collapsed. I was like, oh, no, I have, 
I've put all this effort, all this money into it, and I'm trying to play it off because I'm a cool seventh grader. And I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, we can do whatever. I, I, we'll take it back. Uh, kiosk sales are forever. Everybody knows that. And so there's no taking it back. And so I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And she was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, and, and in that moment, I was crushed. I was heartbroken. I was hurt because I had put all this effort into this gift and it wasn't appreciated. It, it, it wasn't even important. As a matter of fact, it was underappreciated. You know, I was like, you better love this gift. And, and what happened was she did not love the gift. It, it did not matter to her. And I think we can all relate to that. I think, I think in our lives, we've probably experienced that at one point in time or another where we put some effort into a gift where we really wanted somebody to notice something that we were giving. Maybe they had blessed us. Maybe they had, had uh, you know, been a parent, a family member, whatever, and you just wanted to show them how much they mattered, and, and it didn't go over the way that you had in mind. Now, I know gifts aren't supposed to be about uh, the giver as much as, you know, giving as much as receiving, that, you know, we should, we should be able to step back from that. But in, in actuality, when we put effort into it, it can hurt when it's not accepted the way that we want. And the reason that I started with that is because I wonder. I wonder if when we receive the gift that Jesus has given us, um, if we don't live into that, if we're indifferent toward it, if we don't recognize the, the radical difference that Christ has made in our lives, that maybe Jesus feels that same way. Maybe we're breaking Jesus' heart because we can wake up in the morning, go through our entire day, go to bed at night and not have thought of Jesus even once. Not have thought of the gift that Christ offers to us. Not have thought of what Jesus has done in our lives. Let's, let's just do a recap. This is the idea. Before there was time, God was making a way for us to return to relationship because he knew we would go astray. He, he, he chose to leave glory so that he could come and be human. He left heaven and came and, and became a, an infant so that he could teach us and reveal to us what it was like to interact with God and, and gives us this grace and forgiveness that we receive through his life, death, and resurrection because he was tortured and murdered on our behalf. And, and so we receive that forgiveness, that grace, that justification in the name of Jesus. And, and that gives us a new life in Christ, a, a, a brand new life, not like our old life, but a life dependent on God. And, and it gives us access to God the Father in prayer. Like we're in the throne room of God when we go to prayer. And, and, and God is right there listening to us and paying attention. And then, then when Jesus returned to heaven, he said, I'm going to send you the helper. And so he sends the Holy Spirit to us. The Holy Spirit, which doesn't just come beside us and say, hey, I think you should do something different. No, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us. It lives within us and helps us to change and grow in our relationship with God. That's the gift this crazy gift that God has in mind for us. And far too frequently, we're like, eh, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Christian, but I, I, I'm, I'm all right. I don't need anything else. Interestingly, there's a, a story in the New Testament of a church that Jesus 
address. He sent a letter to them. Uh, it's called the letter of Revelation, but in it he addresses a letter to seven churches, and one of them is the church at Laodicea. And the church in Laodicea, uh, when it receives the letter, about 35 years before uh, Laodicea had been wiped out by an earthquake. And when they rebuilt it, they were a rich community, and so they really rebuilt it. They rebuilt it with all the bells and whistles. It had theaters. It had shops from around the world. It had this great marketplace where you could buy anything that the world had to offer. It had stadiums. It had baths, these lavish baths. The Roman baths were, were a big thing at, in that time. And, and they had lavish Roman baths. And, and so really, when we think about it, it's like a modern-day Dubai or a modern-day uh, Las Vegas where everything is available. Uh, if you've got money, you can get anything you want. Uh, and, and so they start to believe that they're, you know, they, they're pretty okay with themselves, that they, uh, they know who they are and, and uh, they recognize, you know what, We're, we got it pretty good. And Jesus sends them a letter through Revelation. And, and the letter isn't all sunshine and rainbows. As a matter of fact, the letter is pretty harsh because what Jesus is doing is Jesus is taking some of their own understanding and, and presenting it with them here, to them. Here's what I mean. Although they were lavish and they had everything that was built that they wanted, one of the things they didn't have was access to fresh water. And so what what they had to do was use these aqueducts to bring water in. Well, nearby, they had a, a place called Colossae, uh, which was a city that was nearby. And they, and, and they had, in Colossae, access to fresh mountain spring water. And it was cool and crisp and clean. And, and so they built this aqueduct to bring in this cool, crisp, clean mountain spring water. And, and uh, on the other direction, they had access to a city called Heropolis. And Heropolis was known for hot springs, for mineral baths, for this, this healing and enriching uh, water that they had in their hot springs. And so they built an aqueduct to them and, and brought the water. The problem was that by the time the water got to Laodicea, it wasn't cool or hot anymore. It was tepid and dirty because it had been traveling for so long. And so Jesus uses that picture to speak to the church in Laodicea. He says this. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither Cold, hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. So Jesus is saying, hey, I, I, I've called you into relationship. I, I want you to receive and, and live into this gift. And, and the church in Laodicea had become spiritually indifferent. They were neither cold nor hot. And Jesus said, I wish you were either one or the other because both are useful, but lukewarm tepid, dirty water isn't useful. And one of the things we don't always catch is the Greek word for, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth, it, and we clean it up a little bit because we don't, want, we don't want it to sound as gross as it does. Because what Jesus is saying is that, cold, that tepid, dirty water makes me want to vomit you out of my mouth. That, that we want to be vomited out of Jesus's mouth because we're neither hot nor cold. We're tepid, dirty water. We turn Jesus' stomach. We make him nauseous when we are spiritually indifferent. And so 
I wanted us to start with maybe, maybe what, what causes spiritual indifference? What caused it then in them and what really causes it in us? Because we're all human and we kind of fall to the same prey. And I think the number one cause of spiritual indifference is self-sufficiency, that we believe that we are sufficient. I mean, why would we not be sufficient? We got DoorDash. We got, we got people that will bring food to our house in their car. Just takes money. We've, we've got Netflix, we've got Hulu, we've got Amazon Prime. We can get anything we want delivered to our house. We don't even have to leave our house. We can work from home. We can live from home. We can do all these things because we are self-sufficient. If we get sick, we don't have to gather around and pray about it. No, we just go to the doctor because the doctor is going to take care of us. Or we just take aspirin for our headaches. We do whatever because we're self-sufficient. We've become complacent, just like those in Laodicea, because we believe we have everything at our fingertips. They felt the same way as a rich community. They had access to so many things. And Jesus has this to say to them in the, the very next sentence in Revelation. It says, you say I am rich. I have acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. I do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. What Jesus is saying is, don't be self-sufficient because self-sufficiency will only lead you to being wretched, blind, pitiful, poor, and naked. Self-sufficiency isn't what Jesus is calling us to. Jesus is calling us to recognize his sufficiency and our need, our utter need for Jesus Christ. We need to recognize that Jesus is the one that we need to go to. Jesus provides life and, and hope in the world around us. Not uh, We don't have so many hopes in the things of this world, but in the person of Jesus Christ. And I think the second thing is similar to it. The second thing that causes us to, to become spiritually indifferent is distractions. That we become distracted by the, the things of this world. I mean, we got so many things going on. We got people to see, places to go, uh, jobs to, to get to, vacations to plan, children to care for. Uh, you know, we got to get kids up to school for sports. We got to get kids to school for parent-teacher. We've got to do online schooling. We've got to do in-person schooling. We've got to do so many things. And each and every day, we receive new distractions. Every single day, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And, and, and so Jesus, in the Gospel of Mark, actually addresses this. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. The, the concept here is, I mean, it's pretty clear, but Jesus is saying, hey, if you let it, the worries of this world are going to choke the word of God, the living presence of God off within you. And, and you're not going to be useful. You're going to be neither hot nor cold. You're going to be spiritually indifferent. And I think that's, those two things 
are key for us to recognize so that we can understand that, you know what, we're, we're, we're going through day in and day out, uh, living lives where we think we're in control, that we think we've got everything on our own. And right now the world is demonstrating that we don't have anything in control. Every single day brings new things into our lives. And, and we can't rely on our self-sufficiency and we can't rely on the world. We have to rely on God and we have to recognize that God is calling us us even when things are chaotic, even when things are going out of control. Because I, I believe with everything I am that far too often we just want a little bit of Jesus, just a little bit of Jesus to add to our life. Enough to make it feel better, but not too much to make a change. We, we just want a little bit. It's like that coffee that's too bitter. You just add a little bit of cream and it, it becomes so much better. And, and I think far too frequently that's what we uh, we want of Jesus. Just make our already okay lives a little bit better. And the thing about Jesus is, Jesus didn't come to make our already okay lives a little bit better. Jesus came to give us a whole new life. And so what does it look like when, we're, when we are living into this? What does it look like uh, when, we, uh, when we want to try and identify in ourselves some of this? To, are we spiritually indifferent? What, what are some warning signs, maybe some alarms, some, some things that we can recognize are going on in our lives? And I, I got three, three things that I think we can recognize. And one is we're more concerned with impressing other people than living for God. If you're more concerned about what, what other people think of you, the way that you are presented in, in their eyes, the, the, the things that they see in you, than you are for living for God, I, I think spiritual indifference might be high on your list of things that you need Jesus to undo. Uh, or two, we rationalize sin and live without truly fearing God. This is a tough one. For, for me and all of us, because this is the way we, we live our lives. We, we, we recognize that there's something that, that God is calling us to give up. And, and we, instead of giving it up, we try to rationalize. We try to think of why it is we should hold on to it. Uh, God made us this way. And maybe, maybe because he made us this way, he understands that we're going to fall and, and do this. And, and so that makes all of this okay. And none of that is okay. Jesus is calling us to take steps each and every day in the direction of Jesus Christ and not in the direction of our brokenness. And so God is calling us out of our brokenness into real, true life. And that's the hope that we have in Jesus. And the third thing is that we only turn to God when we need Him. When we get that prognosis from the doctor, when we hear uh, from a loved one, a friend or family member that, that has trouble that's going on in their lives, or we have the same type of trouble in our lives. When we're going through a time of darkness and we're like, Lord, hear us. We will turn over everything to you. And the moment we have resolution, we turn our back on God and go back about our lives and, and do things the way that we want them. And so I know that these three things that I've mentioned are, are things from my life, and, and hopefully you will use them as warning signs to say, you know, these are things that we can take note of to make a difference in our lives, so that, that these can be alarm bells. Uh, but I want us to have something, something that we can carry with us, something that we can do in order to make a difference, something that if we do this each and every day would prevent us 
from needing the alarm bells, would prevent us from falling back into our old ways because it would force us to rely more on God and less on ourselves. And, and that one thing that we could do is every day do something that requires faith. Every single day do something that requires faith. Now this, this may sound really difficult. Maybe you're like, well, I can't go out and part the Red Sea or I can't do, you know, I'm not going to go out and raise the dead. And that's not what I'm talking about. While that takes a huge amount of faith, what I'm saying is do something that takes a little bit of faith. Start small and go big uh, and, because that's, that's the way God takes us and, and, and we take baby steps toward him. But each step going toward God is a step away from our brokenness. I, I got some examples things that I have experienced in my life uh, that, that have made a difference. Give when it's a stretch. Even though you, you don't know if you're going to be okay, give when it's a stretch to, to realize that, you know what? I'm going to have to trust that God is going to cover this and help me to get through it because I, I don't feel like I can do this on my own. Apologize to someone. Forgive when you don't feel it. Sometimes you have to start by saying, God, I I hate this person. Help me to not hate them. Help me to forgive them. Uh, and, and God is faithful in that. And God recognizes where you are and helps you to move through that. And you are a blessing because you are starting to be able to forgive somebody that has hurt you so deeply, even if you don't feel it. Uh, reach out to someone who God puts on your heart. This, is, this one, to me, is just mind-boggling. I, I, I have done, uh, it, it leads to awkward conversations that have deep and lasting impact. Here's what I mean. I was driving out of a church parking lot one day, and there was a, a, a student that had been uh, trying out for the band, and uh, they had a student band, and he was trying out for it. And I saw him standing there, and he didn't look down or anything, but I felt an overwhelming sense of the presence of God saying, hey, you should go talk to him. And I was leaving, so I parked my car, got out, and went over, and I was like, hey, man, I just wanted you to know, Jesus told me to come over here and talk to you. What's going on? That's an awkward conversation and one that, that really people might take a step back from uh, and, and might be concerned about. But in actuality, what this guy said to me is he was like, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you stopped because right now I'm feeling pretty worried. He had tried out for the band and didn't make it and, and he was kind of heartbroken. And so it was a moment where Jesus knew that he needed, <laughs> he needed somebody to stop and speak life to him rather than just keep going about my day. So, so reach out to someone who God puts on your heart. It might be an awkward conversation, but it's a conversation that Jesus has for you to, to give life to somebody else. How about this? Pray for something that's impossible. Pray for something that's beyond reason. Pray for something that goes beyond what you could do on your own. Pray for something bigger than, than what, what you believe you could accomplish. Because if, if we just pray for things that we can do, we're not asking God to do anything special. We're asking for him to watch us do something. But if we pray for, for big things, pray for things that are impossible, then God steps in and we are like, whoa, we could never have done that. That's, and follow it up with this. Attempt something that you could never do without God's help. Attempt something that you could never do without God's help. Both of those go hand in hand. When you're praying for it, then you can start to attempt it because that's when God steps in and bridges the gulf between what you can accomplish 
and what God has called you to do. I've seen this time and time again in my life that God calls me to so much bigger than what I had imagined in in my own mind, to so much more than what I could ever have believed possible. And God calls you to the very same things. And so my hope in all of this is that we can recognize that, you know, maybe, just maybe, spiritual indifference is something that we struggle with. Maybe we see spiritual indifference in our own lives and we need to to offer some of that back to Jesus. Uh, We need to recognize that because we don't want to turn Jesus' stomach. We don't want to be lukewarm. We want to instead be hot for for medicinal purpose or cool for a wonderful drinking purpose, but, but not lukewarm, tepid, and without purpose. We want to be of use to Jesus, and and we want to bring joy to Jesus in recognizing the gift that he has given to us. So my hope is that you will join us in that, that you will partner with us, that you will walk with us, because we can have so much more life in Jesus Christ than we ever have on our own. We can have so much more purpose in our life when we rely on Christ and, and we rely less on ourselves. We can live a life that brings glory to God, that does the impossible for Jesus Christ and does it in in order to make a difference in the lives of those around us, in the lives of his church, and in the lives of the communities we live in. Let's go to God in prayer. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus Christ. The, The love that you offer us, the radical hope and grace and peace just remembering what you have done for us on our behalf is astonishing. And, and, and if we truly start there every day, remembering what you have given us, that's, that's a step in the right direction. But help us, help us each and every day to do something that requires faith, to do something that requires us to step in that direction. And God, I just pray that if there's somebody out there that, is, that, is, that has grown Uh, spiritually indifferent, that has grown lukewarm. Father, that you would ignite the Holy Spirit within them, that you would help them to come to life in Jesus Christ, that you would help them to be made new in your image, that you would remind them of what you have done for them and that you call them to a life that is so much more full and rich than the life that they are leaving behind. Father, help us to take those steps. Help us to do that and, and And if it's the first time that you have allowed Christ into your life, I just pray that you would say, God, I I am not what I should be. Come into my life and make me more like Jesus. Give me this this grace and this Holy Spirit that I, I have heard talked about and help me to be made new into the image of God. And help me to live in a way that brings joy to you and and a smile to your face. God, we just pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all agreed and said, amen.